Hustle & Faith, this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self-improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. Are you enjoying the Hustle & Faith podcast? Regardless of where you listen to Hustle & Faith, if you love this show, please leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash hustle and faith. Again, that's ratethispodcast.com forward slash hustle and faith. Doing so will help others to discover this show. Thanks again for your support. It is very much appreciated. Are you ready to break free from the worker bee mentality? Life is way too short to learn everything the hard way. Why not take a shortcut and use Starring You services to help start your side hustle? Starring You is proud to offer the following services. Marketing consulting, podcast research, content marketing, course creation, and voiceover work. Starring You services will help you acquire the skills you need to break free from the hive. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Maurice Philogene. Maurice is a real estate entrepreneur, coach, and philanthropist. Maurice maintained four parallel careers for two decades. He was a 25-year senior executive for global management consulting firm Accenture, a 22-year special agent lieutenant colonel as part of military service, running field offices for a federal law enforcement agency worldwide, and a 15-year midnight police officer in the D.C. area as a means to give back to his local community. Maurice enjoys teaching like-minded professionals and entrepreneurs how to gain the freedom they crave in each facet of their lives and start living a life they won't need to take a vacation from by helping them to try life on. Welcome to the show, Maurice. Wow. Thank you, Tasha. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. So why don't you tell the audience about yourself? Yeah, well, sure. Um, I, it, when I get this question, I always, I always try to start at the end because I think that's more relevant. <laughs> sure. But, um, I am, I'm, I'm 47, born in New York, raised in Boston, based out of the Washington DC area. So I'm an East coast brother through and through. Um, my family's an, a Haitian immigrant family. My brother and I were the first ones born in the United States. I am, as you said, um, I'm multidimensional from a career perspective, but relevant to your listenership, I am out of the W-2 world now. I'm totally retired from active work. Um, I was a 25-year senior executive for Accenture, which is a global management consulting firm. Started there in 1997. I was always in the military. Started with an ROTC scholarship to go to University of Virginia to get my mechanical engineering degree where I played football. And also um, played football, did ROTC, was a mechanical engineer. And um, when I graduated from college, of course, uh, you go into the military. But fortunately for me, I had the option of going guard reserve. So I was always a reservist. But I did the equivalent of uh, probably about 10 years of active duty because I volunteered a lot. Um, so I was a 22-year lieutenant colonel, federal agent for the United States Air Force. So think the TV show NCIS or FBI, every military component has its own. So mine in the Air Force was called Office of Special Investigations. And then lastly, in 2008, as a means to give back to local community, 
I decided to become a local street cop in my neighborhood, in my county, in Maryland. I did that for a myriad of reasons that maybe we'll get into later, but I did all those three careers at the same time. And all the while, I was very focused on financial freedom and lifestyle design. So I was a real estate investor since the age of 21, 22. Earned my financial freedom through real estate, investing in single-family homes over a 15-year period. I have now switched to, to uh, multifamily apartment complexes and overseas international development. And then I travel a lot. Um, I'm a father of two, and I have a lot of aspirations. And I believe that folks should be trying life on as much as possible. And I know that was a mouthful, and it's very hard to digest, but... <laughs> I like to say that whole thing because it, while for some people, it seems like a lot for some people, it may seem extraordinary for me. It wasn't, it was just me trying life my way and not accepting status quo as the path that I was going to take. I love that so much. And I think that was one of the reasons why I really resonated with your content, because I'm one of those people too, that likes to do different things and interests. I would love to learn like a little bit more about your your time management skills because you said you did all all of that at one time. Yeah. How did that work? <laughs> uh very carefully actually. I was going to say, my goodness. I think what you know, time management is one of those learned skills and it's mm -hmm. actually an art form. I don't really believe in work-life balance. There's no like there's no magic pill for that stuff. Yeah, but sure. what I have learned over the years is that we will make time for the things that we truly care about. True. And we have to call bullshit on ourselves mm -hmm. with respect to time. Um, so mine was a little bit extreme, but I always had this, and I and I really credit the military for this. I, I always had this ability to pop up at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. was always my hustle time, always. Mm. I was always doing something, whether it's working out or working on real estate or even catching up on W2 work or whatever. Um, but the way that it worked for my careers was I was full-time Accenture or management consulting during the day from, from, you know, eight to nine to five, typical stuff. Mm -hmm. But I could work from home or work from the client site or, or do what you had to do. Um, I would come home and then I would do the street cop stuff at night starting around 8.30 p.m. So I'm still a dad. So I would get home around 5.30, do homework with the kiddo, kiddos, mm -hmm. my two boys, sleep for an hour or two and get up and go patrol. That might seem like a lot, but what I got really good at doing, meshing those two careers together, was mm -hmm. using my PTO or my, my vacation time very strategically. Um, the other thing I did was I had a really good boss when I was at Accenture. I, I adore her. And as I reflect on what she did for me, she trusted me to reach outcomes at work rather than focus on hours, if that makes sense. Yes, so, it does. Yeah. Yes. So there yes. were some days it was two hours. Some days it was 15 hours. It never, it, trust me, my company got, <laughs> got, got my time. Oh, yeah. But I was very good about merging and melding time amongst these careers. And frankly, I just didn't have a lot of time to waste out in the world. Like I was doing real estate on the weekends and stuff like that. So but blah, blah, blah. I just made it happen. And um, one last thing I want to say about that. People say they don't have time. And I, I, I disagree. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think people lack time. I think they lack commitment to self. 
4 a.m. to 8 a.m. is four hours. That's four hours of time before the world is even moving. If you do that five days a week, that's 20 hours a week. That's 80 hours a month. That's 960 hours a year. That's 5.14 weeks that you have created from nothing. 5.14 weeks by getting up. And if you add another four-hour block on Saturday and Sunday, you've created eight weeks or two months of time. So when people say, oh, how are you doing all this? And how did you have time to do this? And then, well, I wasn't binge watching Netflix and I wasn't really going out much. Yep. And I was just getting up every day and getting after it. That is that is absolutely amazing. You know, consistency is something that I feel like a lot of us lack when it comes to that time management. Were there things that kept you focused? Yeah. Making sure that you, you know what I mean, needed to do what you needed to do? Yeah. I post about it all the time. I had a why. Mm. That was it. Like I talk about my financial freedom plan all the time on social media. And first step of my financial freedom plan is figure out what your why is. There's got to be a reason. Mm -hmm. And my why was legacy. My why was financial freedom, effectively meaning I wanted my time to do yeah. what I want, where I want, how I want. I don't, I, I still don't like the idea of being told what to do unless it's my mother, my father, or, or the Lord above. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm not interested. And it's interesting. Like people will say, but you were in the military. You were, yes, I get that. But that that's different. That's service to a community. Sure. You, you, you sure. have to abide by the structure mm -hmm. that's set up. But the, this whole journey that I've been on is because there was two things, Tasha. One, I started traveling when I was 15. And for an inner city Boston kid to land in France, the country of France, and travel around the country for 30 days in a Range Rover with my exchange students' family, um, that just changed my life. It showed me that the world was a lot bigger and had more to offer than inner city Boston. That was the mm -hmm. first thing. And then the second thing was I found personal finance for dummies and realized that I could create passive income through real estate when I was 21. And what that taught me was, think about it. If you can divorce your ability to make money from physically having to be somewhere, then what I realized is I could go back and have all those experiences that I had when I was 15 on that trip, being around the world, right? Wow. So yeah. I always had this why. And when people realize that I've been to 100 countries over 300 times, they're like, what are you, are you trying to see the whole world? And I'm like, no, I'm not. What I'm trying to do is have as many profound and beautiful experiences on this planet, this big blue marble that's been given to us mm -hmm. before my time comes right mm -hmm. so that was my why i i want to live i want to try life on i want to try different careers i want to engage in beautiful people like yourself i want to give i want to receive there's too much life out here to be to be wasting time we only have twenty eight thousand days in a lifetime and i only have about nine thousand left so i got stuff to do I love that so much. Again, so much of your content resonates with me. And that's why I wanted to make sure I had you on the show. And so more people could find out more about Try Life On. So what motivated you to start Try Life On? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> that whole journey that I expressed to you, Tasha, um, being an exec, being a street cop, being a federal agent, traveling around the world, I did it all in quiet. I never really told anybody what I was doing outside of my immediate family and one or two close friends. I never talked about the journey when I was on it. Wow. I never talked about the journey. I never talked about the hacks. I didn't explain how I figured out travel hacking to people. 
I didn't explain how important it is when you land in a country, for example, like Turkey, instead of taking an Uber, get a local taxi and then get that taxi driver's number and then always use him or her to take you around because that way you create a friend. Yeah. And you create experiences. So I figured out all this stuff because I was trying life on in unique ways. So for example, I was working at Accenture and when I got out of college, I did try out for the NFL, didn't go well. I missed football. Like I not, not get into the league to like be famous and all that. That's not what I'm talking about. I just missed the game. Sure. You can't like go to the park and get a pickup game of tackle football. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. (laughs) So I, I have this concept in try life on talking about asking better questions. I just started asking better questions of my employer Accenture to do different things. So instead of accepting HR policies as they were, what I would do was I would research things, come up with solutions and present those to my company as opposed to problems for them to solve. So every time I came up with some kind of scenario that fit within guidelines or I pushed HR to create guidelines, I was able to go back to school, try out for, try out for the NFL or play football again at age 26, try out for the NFL again, become a street cop while I was still an executive, work remotely in tw- remotely for teams in 12 different countries and travel around the world for Accenture. Even at the expense of upward mobility, I wasn't, I didn't care about upward mobility. I cared about trying mm-hmm. life on and having experiences and being out in the world and meaningful relationships because those are the true asset in life along with time. So this whole concept of try life on is me expressing to people that life is to be practiced. Life is to be done. So when I get on a plane, like I'm going up Spain on Friday, I don't have a ticket yet. I don't need a ticket. I'll, I'll get a ticket on Friday morning. I'll travel hack it and I'll, I'll land in Spain to go meet with someone who I'm working with in a media project. Oh, wow. And with the form a relationship, see the world, do things. And I'm only going for two, three days, but that's life. And you have to practice that skill set on how to be able to travel hack, go to the airport get into business. There's so many things I have figured out in terms of trying life on. What I want people to do is stop accepting the template off the internet, which is status quo, Mm -hmm. doing your career, chasing a title as if it's some pinnacle. It's not a pinnacle. There's no elderly person sitting in a retirement home talking about their title. They're talking about all the things that they never did in life. So I try life on and I help people design their lifestyle such that they have a lifestyle they don't need a vacation from because I'm very good at helping people build them now through a lot of hacks and tricks that I've learned over the years. But people are missing out on connecting to planet and earth as intended. And that's what this Try Life On movement is about, getting people to wake up a bit, leverage my story and everything that I've accomplished and finding other people that are trying life on their way, their way sharing ideas so everyone can go do it however they see fit for themselves. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. So many gems you just got through sharing. (laughs) (laughs) So, So one of the things you had mentioned is how we approach our approach to life seems to be more status quo. And I cannot agree with you more, especially when it comes to how we view the corporate world and I've heard you mention this several times on, on LinkedIn. That's pretty much where I'm stalking you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so 
So I've heard you mention leverage your nine to five. Yeah. Can you explain that phrase? Yeah. And the, 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 the phrase that I say on social media all the time is there's, there's nothing wrong with the nine to five. There's something mm-hmm. wrong with our bullshit approach to it. Yep. Nine to five is fine. Um, we get two paychecks, sometimes four paychecks from a nine to five. It's up to us to do something with those paychecks and leverage those paychecks and the actual company or organization you work for, for the skills that you achieve. You Mm -hmm. leverage those to build a lifestyle that you don't need a vacation from later. So my example is that when I did find that book that I referenced earlier in our conversation, Personal Finance for Dummies, I was 21. Mm -hmm. I, I started doing research like nobody was... Nobody goes to the library anymore, but I, I was always in aisle six of the Fairfax County Library in Kingstown, Alexandria, Virginia. I was always researching how to take my money and invest it to create a salary such that what I told you before, so I can go back and have those experiences, right, Tasha? Mm-hmm. I, that's mm-hmm. what I wanted. So I leveraged a nine to five more than it leveraged me. I did not succumb to, so listen, everyone who enters a nine to five, we, we, we all kind of get wrapped up in it. Let's be honest. So, so my journey was from 97 until 2012, here was my kind of status quo journey was I was an analyst. I made consultant. I was a consultant. I made manager. I'm a manager. I want to be senior manager. I made senior manager. Now it's time to get to partner. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) But I'm I'm not getting anywhere. I'm making more money, but I'm also building up more responsibility and spending more time in the office. And that just Mm -hmm. didn't make sense to me. Fortunately, I had been investing in real estate. And then I started to realize that, oh, man, you know what? I'm going to focus not on titles. I'm going to focus on making the most amount of pay for the least amount of hours. I'm going to do the 20% of things at work that gets me the 80% of results. I'm going to skip the networking events, skip the bullshit stuff Oh yeah. <laughs> in favor of using that time to go build up my real estate portfolio, as well as having experiences all along the way. I didn't wait until I had money to travel. I've been traveling since I was 22, 23 years old, making relationships all, all around the world and doing things like becoming a street cop locally in the DC area. Mm-hmm. So when I tell people you got to leverage the nine to five more than it leverages you, People take their awesome paychecks and they go out and do the bullshit. They go out and buy the commercial junk. They buy the things that increases their expense load on a monthly basis, Mm -hmm. such that they are forced to continue to work to pay for their stuff. Mm. I didn't do that. What you got to do is you got to take those paychecks. You have to pay your future self first. I paid future Maurice first before I even paid the electricity, meaning I stored my money such that once I had enough to buy an asset, like a piece of real estate, I would buy it. Mm-hmm. I was my number one bill for years. I still am my number one bill, but through my financial freedom journey, which was 97 to 2014, I was my number one bill. And the way that I did that was taking the paychecks from Accenture, taking the paychecks from the military, taking the paychecks from my police department and using it to buy assets like real estate, like stocks or what have you. But also mm-hmm. lastly, The skill sets that I learned out of corporate, the skill sets that I learned being a federal agent and lieutenant colonel running field offices all over the world for my federal law enforcement agency. I leveraged those skill sets to build Quattro Capital, which I started with four other amazing partners three years ago. We automated it. 
um, systematized it. We've done $200 million in real estate in just under three years. I leveraged all those skill sets to create lifestyle I don't need a vacation from. And that's what I'm trying to express to people is like, there's nothing wrong nine to five. You just have to leverage it for what you need it to be for you. The same way your employer is leveraging you so they can meet their mission, be it a profit mission or a philanthropy mission or whatever, you have to leverage it for your own family's strategic needs and strategic goals. And I was very good at it over the years, being very consistent about my process. That is absolutely amazing. And I, I've got a question to piggyback off of what you yeah. just said, because it got me thinking, you did all of this when you were in your 20s, right? But what about for the folks that may be in their 30s, 40s, 50s, what steps can they take to currently leverage their nine to five? I mean, obviously it's never too late and, you know, until you're dead, right? But never too is late. It, you know, what, what can they do? So there, yeah, that's a great question. And I, I want to make it practical for people because I know you, you have awesome listeners who are in that position now where they're like, man, what do I do? And so I coach people in lifestyle design frequently now. Mm -hmm. A lot of execs from my former companies or former military people and all that. This is what I tell them because they get all, people have this notion that you have to be financially free to live the way you want. Yeah. That's not true. Mm. My, my understanding of financial freedom has certainly evolved over time. And let me, this will probably be the most important thing I say to you and to your listenership. There's two things. There's, there's lifestyle design and then there's financial freedom. You can be free if you have a freedom-based lifestyle based on how you work. So by that, I mean, remember I was telling you over those 12 years, I worked virtually for my company and I was around the world supporting all these teams everywhere. Yep. I chose that lifestyle. So one of my students uh, from a coaching perspective, for example, she was a marketing executive out of New York. She was making 250000 a year, roughly, and she had to be in the office. She has a $5,000 efficiency apartment in Manhattan. You know how that goes. It's expensive. Uh, yeah. But she needed the $5,000 apartment to go to the $250,000 job, and she needed the job to pay for the apartment. It's like, it's a cycle. It just, <laughs> it just keeps going. Yeah. Well, she quit it. The reason why she quit it is she started to understand what I was saying, which is my five freedoms, time freedom, geographic freedom, uh, freedom to build, freedom to execute on your purpose, freedom to build meaningful relationships and financial freedom. What she wanted out of life, her designed life was to be in Europe, explore, She no kids or anything, but be in Europe, explore. But she allowed the status quo to take over her life and she was just, you know, going through the motions in New York. So we redesigned it. She left that. She she had some IT development skills. She's now a developer. She works two, three days a week. She moved to a co-working, co-living co location in Portugal. She finishes work every day around two o'clock. She opens her door and she explores glorious Portugal. She gets on a train and she goes to some other country. Wow. That's designing your life for today. But what about tomorrow? Well, that's where real estate and other assets come in because by buying them systematically, maybe just one piece of real estate or maybe stocks over time, what you're doing is you are setting up or you are taking care of the future version of you 10 years down the road 
because there's going to come a day where you either don't want to work virtually, for example, or physically can't because of health or age or what have you. And you have those assets there waiting for you. Wow. So it's, it's a, how do I organize lifestyle today versus how do I build assets so I can continue my lifestyle tomorrow? So I want to call out that distinction because a lot of the coaching students I have, I'm thinking about one right now. He's a senior executive for a major banking organization in the U.S. and he can't travel. He can't do anything because there are FINRA rules that precludes him from taking corporate computers out of the country or even traveling oh. internal to the country. He can't do anything. Wow. So he asks better questions of his employer. He has moved to a totally different position. He helped HR rewrite rules such that he could organize his design life now. Now he's living between New York, Jamaica, and DC awesome. while he's buying real estate one to two pieces a year, such that in four or five years, he won't need it at all. You got to think about this stuff strategically and stop chasing the title of executive vice president as if that's the thing that's going to free you. No, in fact, that's the thing that's wasting a lot of people's time, which is wasting a lot of people's life energy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you more on that. Yeah, we we focus so much more on titles than yep. freedom. And I think that, not think, I know that's why your message really resonated with me because I've never been one for titles. I mean, mm. what am I going to do with it? <laughs> but that's that's hard for people, Tasha. Yeah. It's really hard because if you think about it, we, you and I went through 20 years of formal education, formal, yeah. sit yeah. your butt in the class, formal yeah. education. Yeah. And the mm -hmm. goal expressed to you and I, when you get out, get the good job, climb the ladder, compete with your peers. Why are we competing? We're on the same career highway competing yep. with each other, bumping into each other <laughs> for the same shit. The same training class, the same certification, the same role. Meanwhile, other people are making, you know, $4,000, $5,000 of passive income because they invested in real estate or some other asset. And they're out there living life on little. It's yeah. uncanny to me how much time we are wasting as humans by competing with each other for all these roles and things within companies. It's a, it's a sad thing to me. I agree. Totally agree. Yeah. So what opportunities occurred in your life or did you create that propelled you forward in life? Mm. Well, when you say it that way, mm -hmm. I think, I think for me, um, opportunities have popped up for me in three different ways. One I wanted something better for myself than being the inner city dude from Boston. Mm -hmm. So I did have a, a level of internal drive and the way that I got opportunities to be different with respect to my own family's immigrant blueprint was self-education. Mm. I was just always reading Tasha. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I was always reading and, and, over the last 10 years, reading seminars, podcasts, hiring mentors, modeling people, um, going, I literally just came back from Tony Robbins business mastery course, because I'm still in the self-education mode. Wow. So self, self-education has been a huge thing for me. Um, the other thing that's been big is understanding that you need freedom to build meaningful relationships. That's one of those five freedoms that I talk about. 
Relationships are everything. Relationships collapse your time to a goal down to nothing. And if you are sitting in cube land from 7 a.m. until 10 (laughs) p.m., you ain't building relationships outside of the domain which you're operating in. So when I was doing the IT consulting stuff, which I I love, by the way, so I'm not not shitting on corporate or anything. But when I was there, I was building relationships in the police community. When I was um, traveling the world, I was always building relationships with people in different countries. Like I could name one of 30 countries right now that if I landed tomorrow, people would pick me up. It, it's it relate relationships are so important. And you know this, but I'm doing real estate development in the Mediterranean now. Yep. And I own a couple, couple of companies now um, in Cyprus. And that came about from an idea that I had in 2015 when I was serving in Turkey. Turkey's on where I was in Turkey, I was on the Aegean Sea. But if you go a little bit further south, it's the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. When I was there, something spoke to me. Life spoke to me. God spoke to me. The water spoke to me. The food spoke to me. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but a seed was planted in my mind that I was going to live or work in the Mediterranean, period. Wow. In wow. 2020, my reticular activating system, my radar, my brain, whatever you want to call it, was very aware of that. And I heard someone talking about the fact that a a common friend of ours was married to my now business partner, who is Cypriot. He's from he's from Cyprus. Mm -hmm. And he was a real estate developer on the island. And it dawned on me that the island was in the Mediterranean. He was in real estate. I was in real estate. So I just called him. And then within three, four weeks, I was in his living room in Cyprus. Wow. And we became friends. And here we are on our third, maybe fourth real estate development project together. But it's relationships. It's pouring into relationships and investing in people and going back to see them over and over and over. I mean, it's been three years. I've been to Cyprus maybe 18 times now already. Wow. Right. So relationships, self-education. And I guess the last one, as far as opportunities, is just I've always had this nature about me to serve. The The police thing was not like I just wanted to I was running around the world being a federal agent serving the U.S., which I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to come back to the streets where I where I live and do something different. So, you know, service to community, whatever that community is that you want to serve presents unique opportunities where I, you know, I retired I don't know, 16 months ago. And I still have shop owners who call me looking for help, you know, I'm I'm grateful for that because that means that I was doing something good for them and they still value that and they value my relationship. So that's where all the opportunities have come from self-education, investing in relationships worldwide, and then just a natural sense of uh, life ain't about me. I got to go serve other people. Awesome. 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 I'm just sitting up here and just not in the lawn, just, just learning. I know the rest of the audience is too. <laughs> so, you know, you talked about self-education, you touched on that a little bit. So what was, what was and continues to be the hardest part of being a real estate entrepreneur? Because again, you mentioned self-education. It sounds like you taught yourself a lot of this. I, I did, but I, I, yes, I, no, I taught myself all of it. Uh, to to a certain point in my journey. So from 97, finding that book, Personal Finance for Dummies, to 2015, where at that point I had bought 35 single family homes. 
sold a bunch of them, paid off 18 of them. Like all that was just books and then learning from realtors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where everything changed was in 2015 when I quote unquote earned my financial freedom through passive income. I realized something that is really important, which is once you have enough money to take care of your basic needs, you start to realize that life was never about money in the first place. Mm-hmm. I needed a new challenge. Like I was just stagnant. You can you can be stagnant in a nine to five. You can also be stagnant was- entrepreneurially, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I attended a seminar. I learned about multifamily. I started to realize that my learning was being accelerated in an exponential way by being around people who knew way more than me. It's true today. My business partners are just phenomenal at what they do from a cultural capital perspective to the point where, where I think I did my first multifamily deal in well with Quattro in 2020, and we've done 30 of them since 30 apartment complexes. Wow. It's just you, education. Uh, like you, 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 I lean into self-education the way that we were told to lean into college. In fact, yeah. I probably nowadays spend 150 to 200 grand in self-education annually. And a library is fine. If you don't have the money, that's fine. I'm just at a different point in my career where I, ha- mm-hmm. I need to pay for it, you know, sure. for what I'm trying to do. But um, it's just, you have to lean into that stuff. It just broadens you and it never stops. Like self-education and diversifying who you are as a human and getting bigger, better, stronger, not to make more money, but just to develop as a human, people should lean into it. And I've, I've leaned into it quite a bit in my time and it's working. It seems to be, it's a catalyst for every phase of life for some reason. And I just keep leaning into it. That's amazing because I'm I'm a huge self-education advocate as as well. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of people that are still kind of on the fence when it comes to the self-education yeah. and just education in general. So what holds people back from building a lifestyle that you don't need a vacation from? Because I feel like you got to have some of that in you, that self-education to kind of go for that type of lifestyle, right? Or well, yeah, self-education helps and mm-hmm. curiosity about life helps for sure. There's two other things that come to mind when you say that. The first okay. thing is any measure of success that I've had in terms of designing my life has come from an ability to just do shit and course correct along the way. Mm. I, I just never had analysis paralysis or paralysis analysis, depending on how people say it. <laughs> My first closing of a, of a property, it was 90K. It was a one-bedroom condo in Alexandria, Virginia. I went to the library. I got a book, and I followed what the book told me to do. I brought the book to closing, and I just did it. Oh, my goodness. You brought the book to closing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. As far as I was concerned, that was my mentor. And I'm not saying everything has been perfect in terms yeah. of my approach to doing and just course correcting. I've had so many failures, it's ridiculous, but I've had probably four or five times the success on top of failure. You know what I mean? Mm. I just keep putting myself in a position to try things and you just see what occurs. There, there is no growth without risk. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen yeah. at all. So that's the first thing. You, like People are just, stop overthinking. Just go do the thing you want to do. Find something who has done it. 
I'm telling you, you have 28,000 days in the average 79 year lifespan. I'm 47. I know that I'm 10 or not high 9,000 days left. If I'm lucky, if the Lord allows me to even stick around, you don't have time to be like wavering over having a good life. That's ridiculous. That's the first thing. Do and course correct to the extent possible. Do your diligence. Don't just go into things willy nilly, but at some point, jump. You're going to have to jump. Yeah. Um, the other thing is the other thing that's stopping people from trying life on is peers. Yes. Your peers is so peers. Yeah. I call it, pe- or I say it's peers, it's coworkers, it's neighbors, sure. it's, it's family. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will, like, look at my case, right? There's no way, Maurice, to be an executive federal agent, police officer, real estate investor, part-time actor at the same time. It's impossible. <laughs> no, it's impossible for you. Yeah. Don't put your fears on top of my dreams. I'm not interested mm-hmm. in that. So um, people keep listening to the people around them and they're not going to go anywhere because those people don't have the level of ambition that you have for your own life. And again, it's not, Oh, I'm competing. It's what you want for yourself in and of yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's um the, the thing that peers do to us and keeping us holding us back is ridiculous. So that's why there's a lot of people in my life that I love. I just don't hang out with anymore. It's not that I don't want to be around them and maybe mm-hmm. I'm not right for them for their future aspirations or what have you. But I want to be around the people that say go. Yes. That's it. I yeah. want to be around the people who yes. believe that you can try life on, the people who believe that you can make extraordinary ordinary. Yes. I want to be around the people who will get on a plane on a Thursday, fly to Europe, read a book, have a beer, get back on Sunday and go back to work. Yeah. Peers, stop mm-hmm. us from trying life on. You have to recognize it, break through it and go find your tribe, the people that will help you push through. I love that. I do. And and you know what? The sad thing is sometimes the folks that we think are friends and family are not necessarily living up to that title. So you have to identify that <laughs> sooner rather than later, right? Like, you, like you yeah. Do. <laughs> you, you do. I'm going to give you the best example. I love my mom. My mom is the best. I mean, what this woman did for me and the, the, the chance they gave me, her and my dad being immigrant parents, but I'll tell my mother today, like this, no, this is like six, seven months ago. Mama, um, I just, we, we broke down, we broke ground on the villa project that we're doing in Cyprus. So we're going to build 12 villas. And then mama with Quattro Capital, we just closed on a 240 unit complex for two, uh, for 25 million. And mama, <laughs> my mama goes, um, but are you still working for that company? Aren't you worried about not having a paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so sweet. But, oh. but I get it because the way that her formal upbringing oh, and wow. education and money blueprint works is you got to have a steady paying job to be okay. Yeah. So there, there comes a point where you can't listen to mama about the future stuff that you're going to do because mama came from a different generation. It's the same thing with my two boys now, the way that I make money or the way that I give back to society or try to, that's not how my boys are going to do it. They're, they're being raised in the age of internet 3.0 with yeah. uh, blockchain and um, instant revenue and attention as a currency. 
their, their lives are going to be totally different. So they cannot listen to dad totally about how their lives are going to be. So at some point, you are going to have to break off of the advice of your neighbor, your coworker, your family, and shoot out by yourself and just get after it. So you have to find your tribe. And I brought up that crazy example because who doesn't love <laughs> who doesn't love their mama? But exactly, yeah. I, I, in this case, mama, mama still doesn't really understand what I do from a real estate perspective, but she still understands that I was a police officer. Um, and hey, did you get a pension from you? When is the pension starting? I'm like, <laughs> it's it it'll start, mama. I earned three pensions from the military and the police. I'm good, but I'm actually okay because of all the investing that I did and what have you. And so it's just like, a different thing. What's that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, you need to sign up for Try Life On. That's what exactly, you need to do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I teach my students that stuff all the time, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that you are going to succumb to all the information around you. And sometimes yeah. you got to break out of your normal circles. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming in Try Life On, you know, you you help people get to that point. And I'd love to learn a little bit more yeah. about your coaching style. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking me that. Of course, I help people. The goal of my coaching um, is to enable people to build lifestyle that they do not need a vacation from. And the way that I do it is everything starts with what is your perfect day. Although mm -hmm. we are adults and very responsible, we are stupid sometimes. Yeah. By that, I mean, when we were kindergartners, we were so creative. We threw paint at the wall. We ate glue. We dreamed. You know why? You know why kids like athletes? It's not because the athlete made it to the pros. It's because the athlete achieved their dream. There's no athlete out there that's not playing sports because it wasn't their dream when they were a little kid. True. Us as professionals need to be doing that as well. So when people come to me, I ask them to write down in vivid detail, what's their perfect day? Where are you? How does it smell? What does it feel like? How do you, how are you resonating? What style of job do you want? Are the sheer curtains coming through the window off the Mediterranean? Do you smell the coffee? Do you go to the coffee shop and work from your laptop, call your three investors, raise 300,000, then go have dinner with Tasha, your homegirl, because you guys have a meaningful relationship. You're living in Spain, being a polygot, speaking multiple, like, what is it that you want out of life, period? Yeah. Then you create the personal blueprint of how you can get there. So my personal blueprint is I don't want to be in an office every day. I'm not interested I don't want to climb the corporate ladder and chase people. I want my life to be mobile. I want to be in different countries. I want to experience the East Coast, the West Coast, the Far East, the Mideast. Okay, that's my personal blueprint. Right. So now you choose a career, a virtual gig, or build a business, whether entrepreneurially or, or as a solopreneur, to match that personal blueprint. So when I did build Quattro Capital, no employees, no titles, no internal promotions, no brick and mortar, no nothing, just a laptop, phone, ability to service my investors the, the best way I see fit. And if you don't want to build a company, you don't have to. Just, just like I was telling you before, Tasha, those 12 years within Accenture, when I was totally virtual, I was living my dream. There, you can reorient what you are doing from a work perspective. It's not that you are going to live your perfect day every day. Sure. It's that sure. you have the framework by which you can live it whenever you want. 
So I'm going to go live my perfect day this Friday. I'm going to get up on Friday morning. I'm going to travel hack a ticket. I'm going to pop into Madrid. When I get to Madrid, I'll get another ticket to go somewhere. I'll meet up with a beautiful relationship that I have with someone who's doing some media work. We're going to go kick it Anthony Bourdain style. I will have a (laughs) flight and come back. I'll do my Quattro Capital business for my laptop. I'll have a business meeting with my homegirl, Tasha Johnson. (laughs) I, I have the ability to have a perfect day whenever I want to. So to get there with my coaching students, we orient around the five freedoms, time freedom, financial freedom, geographic freedom, freedom to execute purpose, freedom to build meaningful relationships. People have blockers to achieving goals in each of those areas, i.e. I have to be at the office or mail comes to my house. Well, let's just virtualize it. Or I built my business. So now I have to be at the Subway sandwich shop that I bought. No, no, no. Let's hire the right manager to get you out of there so you can have a freedom-based lifestyle. There are blockers to all these things. I'm extremely good at helping people get rid of blockers and keeping them accountable with the outcome being building that lifestyle. And then lastly, I teach people how to practice life. So I have one of my coaching students. uh, She just came back from Florida. And the reason why she went down there is because she's never gotten on a plane outside of going to Minneapolis anywhere 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 wow no so practice get on the interwebs get a cheap ticket next time the ticket's going to be even cheaper the third time it's going to be even cheaper pop into a town that you don't know anyone build a relationship be by the water where you want to be build the muscle that trying life is something to be done on a regular basis it's not i'm going to go on vacation It's that I'm going to go live my life and, oh, let me run back and work real quick and then go right back to living life the way that I want to live it. It is something to be practiced all the time. And I teach my coaching students that skill. And I have never had one of the 80 or 85 that I've coached ever come back and say my life hasn't been dramatically changed. Everyone wants to leave work. As soon as we're done, they're like, yeah, I could give a rat's ass about a title. What I want to do is keep living the way you taught me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you're so good at helping people design their lifestyle. How do you continue to grow and develop as a leader? And I know self-education is one of the major answers there, but are there specific courses, specific, you know, people, podcasts? What what are who are you? Oh, listening? I love that. And I practice information diets. Hmm. There's too many podcasts, there's too many books, there's yes. too many everything. Yep. I, I can't, yep. So I picked two or three. I'm a rabid listener. So um, I got into lifestyle design because of Tim Ferriss and his podcast and the four hour work week. But that was way back in 2010. Mm -hmm. So from a lifestyle design perspective, I usually listen to Tim Ferriss. Um, From a financial perspective, I continually reread Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins or listen to it Mm -hmm. on audiobook. It's not about Tony. Tony uh, interviews 40 of the most incredible financial minds of the last century. I don't need a financial advisor. They're in that book. Um, mm, that's and then, yep. And then from a try life on perspective, Tasha, it's not, it's, it's not, I will get tips and things just by reading internet things and stuff like that. But the only way you are going to be able to try life on well is the same approach used to ride a bike 
Mm. You get on the bike and you ride it and you fall down. You get on the bike, you ride it and you fall down. You get on the bike, you ride it. Now you got it, but you don't know how to use the brakes. You get on the bike, you ride it. Now you know how to use the brakes, but you don't know how to pop a curb. Now you get on the bike, ride ride it down, use the brakes, pop up on the curb, but you don't know how to stop on someone's grip. Like you have to practice it. So I am constantly practicing different parts of life, be it travel hacking, be it building a relationship, be it starting a new company, be it starting a podcast, be it climbing one career mountain, IT consulting, and having the lack of ego to get off the mountain and go back down another and start again, being a police officer. Now I've retired Mm -hmm. from being a police officer. I'm back down the mountain again, doing media projects now where I have a new mentor who's teaching me everything about the live or streaming industry and and executive producing films and things of that nature. You have Mm -hmm. got to practice these things. And you see, it goes back to the skill set of just doing and course correcting along the way. Yeah. I don't want a one-dimensional life. I I have a certain amount of time. I want to experience as much as humanly possible and whatever other people want to experience. I'm not telling other people to go act on TV the way that I did or build companies the way that I did or do real estate. That's not what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is the things that are speaking to you that you want to do, model someone who's done it, get a book and follow what it does. Who cares if you get a 95% A accomplishing that thing. What if you land on a C plus? So what? Yeah. Just go do it. So that's how I'm doing it. It's not like I'm, I don't do a ton of research for things. What I, outside of investing for my investors, but what I do is I get an idea. I get just enough information to execute the idea and I go, that's it. And when I wanted to go to the Arctic in Finland, same thing. Where am I going? What am I doing? I need one point of contact. Boom, let's go. I was in the Arctic for Finland five times in 2019, researching something called the Swami people. Hmm. Just something I wanted to do. So I just did it. People should just do. I love that. Love that so much. Oh, man. I'm just sitting here shaking my head. I'm like, I'm just taking it all in. <laughs> I'm starting to realize uh, everything that I've done. It. It's not a. It, it's not normal, but normal. But what is normal? Like this exactly. is exactly. This is exactly. my normal. You know. And, and I, I think a lot of people are just nodding and taking it all in because that's something that I think not like every part, but like, I think a lot of it probably resonates because some people may not want to get into real estate. Some people may, you know what I mean? Like, but that yeah. exercise that you described, just so the Hustle and Faith audience is aware of this, there's going to be a freebie in the show notes that goes over all the questions that Maurice kind of mentioned um, earlier in the interview. So I, yeah, Maurice, I that is just, a, oh, thank you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, and I just want to echo what you said real quick. don't don't be me i don't know who's out there listening and i don't think anyone cares to be me and that's not the point what me and tasha are trying to get across to you and why why i believe you brought me on Mm -hmm. have the audacity to be the superstar of your own life movie yeah i am not interested in status quo i am not interested in being a featured extra in my life and all of a sudden realizing when i'm 92 that i missed the boat yeah oh my go try life on Go find the right tribe, learn the skills, hack it. If you don't know, just do it anyway. We are sitting in constant fear of being judged by our peers or 
not doing what the crowd expects us to do, which is climb the corporate ladder or get this title. And again, if you want to get the title and be a CEO of a company, I think that's fantastic, 100%. But what I don't want you to do and what I will never do is just default to the status quo because that's the template that was given to me when I walked out of the University of Virginia. Hell Mm -hmm. no. We have this one life, get after it, try life on, you can, you should, and you have all the tools to do it. Exactly, exactly. Just a couple more quick questions for you. What three priorities do you believe that entrepreneurs and those of us that are in the corporate world should focus on in the next 12 to 18 months? Gosh. No pressure. No pressure. (laughs) Well, I'm going to be selfish for the people in the work world and entrepreneurial world and all that. And tell you something that made me powerful. What made me powerful back between 2012 and 2014 is that I was in control of time. Mm. The way that I became in control of time is that I use my paychecks to buy assets, which those assets started paying me enough to cover my basic needs, food, shelter, water. Okay. Yeah. I never had to work for someone because I had to since 2014. I worked for three employers because I wanted to. Mm -hmm. There is a power in that that people don't understand because they've never experienced it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when people wanted me to do things, of course, I was a good employee and things of that nature. But when I needed to go live life, I did. So the thing that I would tell entrepreneurs and employees to focus on, secure your basic needs. If you secure your basic needs, you control your time. If you control your time, your brain starts to become creative and will find ways to engage planet and earth as intended and also find ways to generate more income. When I did leave corporate in 2021, the brain that I had rented to them for 25 years was back. <laughs> and I That's went always a plus. <laughs> it's crazy. And you know what, Tosh? My brain started to function very different. I'm being real, like, it's funny. It's totally fun, but I'm being real serious about it. My brain started to function different. Mm. I had space in my brain again. And I went from making 200 grand when I left corporate to making about a million over the next year doing entrepreneur related stuff because I got creative. Now I've backed off that. I, I don't want to work that much. I'm not interested in being a coach to 50 people. And that, that's not what I want. But it was sure. a good it was a good test. It was me trying life on, right? I tried it. You can keep the million because the million was galvanizing my time. What I want is a certain level of income that allows me to go live life extremely well. But what I'm what I'm telling people is if you can secure your basic needs, your options to engage life as intended, open. So that's what I wish for entrepreneurs. Just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you're not creating another rat race. Don't do that. Use your nine to five or your entrepreneurial ability, get those paychecks, buy assets, and make sure those assets generate enough income such that your basic needs are covered. Wow. Soaking that in. All right. <laughs> I felt like that one was a soapbox though, but yeah, no, I mean, no. Important. That that that's extremely important. Yeah. And so I mean, I mean, we've all seen things are kind of chaotic right now. So mm. during these difficult times, what 
insights, services, tools do you believe that organizations and professionals should rely on to achieve success? Anything that removes friction. Hmm. When I mean friction, I mean, look, you are talking to someone who is a firm believer in lifestyle design. Work, outside of servicing a customer or servicing humanity, the point of work is to support lifestyle. It's not that your lifestyle works around your work. So when I built my companies or even the stuff that I do had, was doing for the police department or Accenture at the time, I tried to automate as much as I could and get rid of anything that was friction. So I don't receive mail anywhere. All my mail comes into a virtual interface. I, I was getting like 900 pieces of mail a month. It's insane. Oh, yeah. So I automated it, and now it all comes into an interface called Earth Class Mail. Um, oh, wow. Okay. You can imagine with all the businesses that I run, how much email I receive. So now I leverage a tool called Superhuman, and it organizes my email for me. Um, there are certain oh. tasks that I will do that I will not do anymore, personal preference. There's something called the productivity pyramid. You and I can get into this later because it may be another freebie for your for your folks, but it's really good. Oh, um, yes, yes. I automate any life thing that has to get done. There are certain things we got to do that are just nuisances sometimes, right? Like we got to run to the bank. We got to go to the grocery store to get food. Sometimes we got to go to the pharmacy. Sometimes we got to ride the kids to swim practice, cut the lawn, clean the house, that type of stuff, right? Yeah, I outsource all that. And I want it outsourced and it was tough at first because it does add up over time, but now I make yeah. enough money to cover it all. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the time it frees in my life is, yeah. I, I can't explain it. And especially the way that I grew up, I was taught to like, save money, save money, nah, do it yourself. These services cost too much money. No, what costs money is giving your time away. Mm -hmm. Although I do like to clean the house from time to time because it's super therapeutic. I actually like it doing it yeah. and stuff. Oh no, but, I, I, I'm I'm one of those weirdos too. So we're good. <laughs> OCD is hell. Uh, yes, I yes. I, oh my goodness, I was just having this conversation with someone because I'm like, I know I have OCD tendencies. Yeah. Well, you want a clean space to like think and no. Yes. Yes. Exactly. But I remove any. I try to remove any friction from my life to include relationships that don't make sense anymore. Yep. Uh, work that doesn't meet my goals. And you remember those five freedoms I was talking about? Yes. If yes. activities don't fall within one of those buckets, I just don't do it. Yeah. I don't do it. I use the word no quite a bit. So there's tools out there, but just remove friction out of your life so you can, again, experience planet and life as intended. Exactly. Exactly. I love that so much. Yeah. So we're at the beginning of a new year, right? So yeah, 2023. Yes, exactly. So I ask every guest that comes onto the show this question. If you had to choose one yeah. word to represent your goals for this year, what would it be and why? I can't choose one word. Oh, you got to choose one word. It's, it's you want me to? All right. No, nah, let me go. With one if, I, if I had to choose one word, what yep. would it be and why? Yep. Regret. 
Wait a minute. Okay, wait. Now, I have never heard that word, but <laughs> okay. Now the selfishness in me is like, I don't want anyone starting 2023 with regret being their word. <laughs> well, because it's uh, okay. I'm expressing the word regret to you as an anti-goal. Mm, okay, okay, okay. I'll let you slide with that one, sir. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you just say one word. I gave you one word. Regret. I did. I did. I regret. did. It's I wasn't a, expecting that coming from you, though. Yeah, okay. but it's not allowed. It's it's <laughs> it's not allowed in my. It's not. Let's. You know what? Um, I was in the military. I've served in the Middle East. I've been in Somalia. Uh, I've seen some pretty tough things. I was a street cop sure. in DC. I've run into houses. I've gun. I've I've been shot at. I've had guns pointed at me. Knives pointed at me. People sh throwing rocks at me. Tasers and all that. I. I'm not afraid of any of those things because you 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 build a muscle over time as a police officer and military mm -hmm. guy and or gal, and you learn that that's just part of the job and that's part of life. Danger is a part of life, right? Mm -hmm. The one mm -hmm. fear that I have, actually, I have two fears, but one of them is regret. Mm -hmm. And I I I I posted about it when I said that I volunteered at a retirement home because I was interested to hear what older people had to say about life and stuff. And they, again, they were never talking about all the money they made or the title being a CEO. And I mean, and these mm -hmm. were banger people. These were CEOs and entrepreneurs and moms and dads of seven kids, or let's say moms who were matriarchs of amazing sure. families. And all of them were talking about the shit that they didn't do. They didn't mm -hmm. ask the guy out. They didn't ask the girl out. My grandmother on my mother's side, tells me all the time that she regrets the fact that she was afraid to get on planes her whole life. Oh, wow. She, she really on her whole life, she can oh. count on one hand, how many planes she's been on. Oh. Meanwhile, her grandson has been to a hundred countries, 300 times. And I always tell her about all the adventures and stuff like that. And she's like, honey, I missed it. Don't let yourself miss the things you want. Mm. Man. So when I say regret, I'm saying it in a positive way. I'm saying gotcha. it as something to shoot away from Yeah. of when something does present as an opportunity for you to try it, for you to go try life on, for you to go to the Arctic, for you to start the business, for you to ask that guy out, ask that girl out, for you to ask better questions at your employer so you can have a virtual gig or something that's more meaningful for, for your family. So you can work from home to be available for your daughter when she goes to her soccer practice. Do not allow yourself to have regret later. Find a way, try life on, get help, surround yourself with the right tribe of people. And if you can't find one, then track me down. Because at minimum, then I will steer you in a place where you know that you have someone in your camp who's going to help you push forward and be accountable. But that's my word, Tasha. It's not meant to be negative. It's meant to be something that I will never allow to have happen to me or to present itself in my life book. That word regret will not show its head for me at all. I love that. And clearly you're already well into 2023 living that. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So last but not least, what's yeah. the best piece of advice that you have for people who want to try life on in case they were like, you know, having issues trying to like pick up all these gyms that you already shared? What's one sentence you think? <laughs> you have to dream again. Mm -hmm. adults have to get back to dreaming i don't and we did it as kindergartners 
but then we got into grade school and it was so it's it, it was all creativity when we were kindergartners and stuff like that then grade school kicks in and it's compliance no sir yes sir no ma'am yes ma'am jimmy put that down sit in your seat face forward then we get into high school and college and it's all competition it's i'm maurice and i'm gonna beat tasha for the ap spot I'm going to be the valedictorian. I'm going to be the MVP. I'm going to be the prom king. I'm going to be the prom queen. It's all competition. And then we go out there into the real world and we keep compete with each other for titles and roles. And we are so blind to the fact that life is just passing. Mm. Passing. I don't know, man. Like people got to get out there. And I don't even know the what phrase did I say? For which part? Dream again. Um, People have to dream again. People have to dream again because that orients your actions. So if I wanted to dream, Anthony Bourdain was my guy. He was a friend when I didn't have one, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was traveling the same way he was traveling. Yeah. So I have met people that were very connected to him. And one of them lives in Spain and I'm on my way on Friday to go kick it with him and his family. Okay. Awesome. That's a dream. It's an adult dream that I'm on my way to go realize. Now, I'm not acting as if, oh, my God, this is the most amazing. No, not only do I expect it, it's the way that I live now. I dream something. I find someone who's done it and model them, or I find a book or something that will tell me how to do it. I do get enough information to figure it out initially, and I just go and course correct and just do it. So please start dreaming again. Start executing on all those things that you wanted but you got stuck in the neighborhood and you started doing the two and a half kid white picket fence dog thing. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with it, but that yeah. can't be the only thing that you've ever wanted for yourself. Exactly. There are so Now I, I want family too. So I want that, but I want so many other things, but I have mm-hmm. figured out how to do it. Tasha, you dream, you write it down, you get just enough information to start executing and you execute. So if you guys ever see me running around the earth or sitting in, playing on my way to Mars or building some company or, <laughs> or having more kids in my fifties. I think about that all the time. Cause I'm 47 now. And sometimes mm-hmm. I want more kids. It's not a matter of, I can't do it. It's if, if I can dream it, it's going to get done. So I give myself permission to dream and I only put myself around people who will support it. So please go dream again and then act on it. Oh, man, Maurice. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I I know the audience has learned a lot. I know I have. You know, if folks want to get in touch with you, how can they go about doing so? Yeah, well, listen, it was my pleasure. Thank you for allowing me to rant about it. <laughs> no, that is not ranting, sir. That is a lot of that is a lot of information that a lot of folks, myself included, needed to hear. So no, not a rant. I- <laughs> I, I appreciate it. And I think I'm so vocal now, Tasha, because during the journey, I wasn't. And I I can't give back to community being a police officer anymore. I'm, I'm done. I can't give back to community sure. being in the military. I'm done. I can give back through buying apartment complexes because it's affordable housing. And that's my way of giving to community. But the other way that I can give back is by sharing with people all these concepts being mm-hmm. open with it and being vulnerable about where I messed up and where I had successes. Yeah. And if people want to talk to me about that stuff, first of all, I spit all this stuff for free on LinkedIn all the time, yes, all the time. You do. You do. There's going to be a new LinkedIn community, um, a try life on community where people can come in, ask questions and I'll go deeper. I will yeah. even give 
interviews or interviews that I've had with people and they've given me permission to use those interviews. So there are deeper concepts, but you can find me on LinkedIn at Maurice Philogene. You can certainly find me at trylifeon.com, uh, my coaching website. There's going to be more there. There'll be a Try Life On podcast and some of those media projects that I talked about. Um, and then I want people to see me out there trying life on. So they understand what I'm talking about. Instagram is great for that because wherever I am in the world, be it Spain next week, Cyprus the following week, here in DC with my kids. Um, it is always documented there because I love sharing experiences with people and encouraging them to go have their own version, whatever that may be, locally, foreign, doesn't matter. Um, so they can find me there. So LinkedIn, Instagram, Maurice Philogene, trylifeon.com website. And if anyone is interested in the real estate side, then it's Quattro Capital. The website is thequattroway, W-A-Y.com where we buy apartment complexes um, in concert with investors who invest their money, giving them a great return back while providing affordable housing to many communities across the United States. So you can catch me in any of those forums. Fantastic, fantastic. And in case you guys couldn't write, write fast enough to get all of that, <laughs> as always, <laughs> all of this information will also be on the Hustle and Faith website, as well as the show notes Maurice, thanks again. I just thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time out to come onto the show. My pleasure. Thank you, Tasha. For more of our conversation, stick around for behind the scenes. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle and Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends rate or leave a review, donate, or make a purchase at Star and You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, the risk be no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode. And I'm so jealous when you said the Spain thing, oh, because I take Spanish classes. That's like one of my dreams is to go there. Is <laughs> to go to Spain? Yes, that's on my list. That's why, on my bucket why, list. Why, why haven't you gone? Why? Sir, I'm supposed to be doing the interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm challenging you the way that I challenge all the people that I love and, and work with. And we don't allow ourselves. We don't allow ourselves. There's something that is blocking you from going. It might be perception of money. It might be you don't have a relationship with someone who's waiting there for you. So you don't feel like you're alone. There is something. Figure out what that thing is that's blocking it and then reach out to me or other people and help you knock out that blocker so you can get on that plane and go. And I, that is one of my goals. So I have a Spanish teacher. Okay, so let me back up. So I've been taking Spanish forever and my Spanish teacher lives in London and she's got a place in Colombia with her husband. So one of these days I'm going to go visit her there. But Spain has always been like, to your point, I think it's because I don't really have a connection there, but I mean, I'm not shy, but I just, I think probably the perception of money is playing with my mind too, but um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't let it play with your, with your mind, Tasha. It's, it's not expensive at all. Yeah. It's, yeah. I bet you I go on a website right now and see a 400, $500 round trip ticket to Spain. And you know very well that you'll spend that in two weeks driving your car around the area. Yeah. Like it's just, it's perception. It's perceptional yeah. positioning, you know? Yeah. I, uh, oh, trust me. I, I am working on that. So yeah. it's like, I'm in my forties and I was selfishly asking you that question. What about for those of us that 
didn't necessarily think about having that real estate be that kind of vehicle to get to where you are now. So that's that. Yeah, that question was selfishly for me. <laughs> well, I love it. And I, you know, Tasha, you have you you already have the blueprint. Yeah. You're generating revenue and you're putting it into assets for the later. If you can just add to that, whatever dreams that you truly have, yeah, whatever dreams you truly have, start executing on them now. Yeah. There's there's zero reason to be waiting. And remember, lastly, if like if you got the dream, if Spain is the dream or whatever, then go practice it. Then like fly to Barcelona or fly to Madrid, yeah. plop into the city, walk out, be like, fuck, I don't even know where I'm going. And get in a taxi, start talking to the taxi person, get a recommendation on where to stay that might be cheap. Just, it takes practice, you know? Yeah. So I encourage it all the time.